Space rocks. Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Anthony. And I'm Alex. And my story today is animal news. <laughs> this is from NPR, and it's, you guessed it, a story about Fat Bear Week. It's back. It's that time of year again. <laughs> I just made that up. Vote <laughs> <laughs> on bears and bring a friend. This is good. We should thank you. We should like actually make this a real thing later. Uh, <laughs> so, um, the voting for Fat Bear Week just concluded, but there was a scandal this year, which I, I'm going to talk oh, about. I heard. Yeah, I know. Uh, like all of us, our friend group, we just we all heard about <laughs> it. We were all shocked. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, the headline of the NPR article is "Fat Bear Week Emerges from Scandal to Crown a New Champion." Uh, So Fat Bear Week was rocked by a scandal over the weekend after organizers in Alaska uncovered voting irregularities that were meant to skew the results of a pivotal semifinal. Despite this, a new champion was crowned on Tuesday of this week, ending the 2022 competition. In Tuesday's final round, the enormous 747 came out as the winner, which is such a great name for a huge bear. Regarding the scandal... Katmai National Park announced on Twitter that there had been a cheating attempt. According to the park, the virtual ballot box was stuffed in Sunday's contest between 747 and another bear named Holly. Poll workers seem to have caught the fake votes in a timely fashion, lending legitimacy to 747's victory. Apparently, they noted a late bunch of votes for Holly that like kind of all came in suspiciously Hmm. around the same time, like late in the day or late in the evening is kind of what I understood. Um, And according to the officials, well, that's not like totally unheard of the surge that they saw seemed suspicious. So they, yeah. yeah. So they um, investigated it and they ended up finding um, just over 9,000 spam votes in the system. Uh, and they said that apparently it was not hard for them to tell which ones were fraudulent, so they must have a way to – they had an easy way to figure it out once they started investigating, but That's they cool. haven't, like, publicized what that was because they don't want to, like, let people know, like mm-hmm. – This is how to cheat. This is how to – yeah, or or train them, like, what they did – train whoever yeah, did it on exactly. what they did wrong, mm-hmm. basically, so they can, like, try to – yeah, so they're not right. telling people exactly how they knew, but mm-hmm. but they could tell. Uh and then after uncovering that, um, they actually went and reviewed like the other past matches too, but they concluded that the other outcomes were all fine. It was just this one matchup that was affected. Um, and then this article mentioned that that was little comfort to fans of perennial contenders Otis and Chunk, <laughs> who were ousted midway through this year's contest. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm, like, I'm sure yeah. Otis and Chunk were devastated. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they were like, what? There was there was ballot voter fraud? Like, maybe I should have gone further in the contest. Who knows? No, it was... No, the other <laughs> the other parts were all, were all good. Yeah. Uh, so, at the end of the final round of voting, 747 had a tally of 37,940 votes. I think, so. I think voter participation increases every year, too. That's what it seems like. I should have looked at that. That would have been an interesting 
because I probably have this stat like from yeah our notes well, from it's the like, last few years. And I feel like it, I've heard more and more about it in like other news sources. I agree. Like the first year we reported on this, it was not. I, I did not like, see it like anywhere. Yeah, except for here it wasn't really a like a hot button thing at all. Like it just it was very obscure. Like oh, that they do this contest, but now mm-hmm. it's like it's yeah, really big news. I mean, NPR. It's like on their like main news of the week, basically. Like <laughs> it's the biggest news of the week. Just ignore. All I don't want to say it's on their front page because I don't know that because I didn't look at that. But it, <laughs> it was like a prominent story for um you know npr and cnn are like doing it so right um yeah so this article concluded with a note that this competition now includes a captcha test (laughs) so it'll be harder to um yeah spam this is what happens when people cheat you make it a little more annoying for the rest of us yeah stop it yeah stop it all right (laughs) my story this week is space news This is from CNET, uh, and honestly, it should come as no surprise that we're talking about this because we've talked about this particular uh, space thing a lot lately, uh, and that is NASA's DART. Uh, it altered the asteroid's course that it was trying to alter in what they're calling a, quote, yeah. a, quote, watershed moment for humanity. Actually, we're in a not, watershed. We're in a watershed. <laughs> I did not see the details of this, so I am yes. very excited and interested to hear about well, it. Well, now I actually have details, too. It's not just a yes. There's a little bit more to it oh. than that. Um, so, like I said, they succeeded in their mission to alter the orbit of the asteroid Dimorphos. Uh, this, according to the space agency's administrator, Bill Nelson, on Tuesday. Uh, NASA crashed the double asteroid redirection test spacecraft, a.k.a. DART, into Dimorphos a few weeks ago to test one possible method of protecting Earth from a dangerous body on a collision course with our planet. Um, And they said, this is a watershed moment for planetary defense and a watershed moment for humanity. So, watershed everywhere. Watersheds for everyone. (laughs) Watersheds all around, around watersheds for humankind. Um, but yeah, it is a big deal. Uh, Dimorphos, which is actually a moonlet orbiting the larger asteroid, asteroid Didymos, doesn't pose an actual threat to Earth. Uh, in fact, no known asteroids or near-Earth objects are considered to be a threat to humanity uh, at this time. Uh, but there are still plenty of space rocks and comets out there yet to be discovered or tracked by astronomers. So we don't know for sure, but mm. as far as we're aware, there's nothing that's currently threatening us. All right. Um, but that's why we do these tests now when we're not panicking. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, so DART's impact with Dimorphos on September 26th appears to have reduced the time it takes the moonlet to orbit Didymos by 32 minutes. Um, so it originally orbited uh, its parent asteroid uh, in 11 hours and 55 minutes, and now it takes 11 hours and 23 minutes. Uh, they said with a margin of uncertainty of about two minutes, which... Sounds like a lot, but this is like also super far away, and it's kind of impressive that they can measure it to that degree of accuracy in the first yeah, place. Definitely. Um, so they had hoped that DART would uh, alter the orbital period by at least 73 seconds. Um, so they kind of beat that. Yeah. Uh, but they expected that it could alter the orbit by at least a few minutes and perhaps tens of minutes, which mm. 
it did. The 32 minutes is yeah, significantly larger. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, they said the physical location of Dimorphos also changed slightly, and the space stone now orbits Didymos a little more tightly than it did before the impact. So they also kind of changed its trajectory even. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so they noted that although the result is considered a success, it still represents only a 4% change in the asteroid's orbital period. Um, they, uh, Nancy Chabot, the DART coordination lead from the John Hopkins Applied Physics Laboratory, uh, she said, it just gave it a small nudge, but if you wanted to do, to do this in the future, it could potentially work, but you'd want to do it years in advance. Warning time is really key. So, like, yeah, it's a small adjustment, but a small adjustment like that could work as long as we caught things, like, early enough and, mm-hmm. and were able to hit them early enough. Uh, and then... They also said that later in this decade, um, the European Space Agency's HERA project aims to send another spacecraft to conduct detailed surveys of Dimorphos and Didymos, including studying the impact crater left by DART. Uh, so they're actually, the European Space Agency is sending something up to see, like to get up close yeah. to, what, what, to see what happened. So that's kind of cool too. Yeah. But yeah, that's our, our, our final update on DART because they did explode it. <laughs> It did explode it did, dark, so there's not much more to, to talk about here. Uh, but it was, it did end up being a success, and that's pretty cool. That's very cool, and it does make me feel better about our planetary defense capabilities. Yeah, it's like that's like one less thing that could wipe out humanity, it feels like. Yeah. It's like, let's just cross that one off the list. Let's do <laughs> Well, got that one solved, hopefully. I don't know if I'd say it's fully solved, but it's definitely moving the needle much more towards solved. Like, because maybe, like, we know what we would have to do. Right. Still actually doing it is, like, difficult, but, like, they did do it, but, like. And, like, in the event that something like this was going to happen, you would hope they would send, like, maybe a few things up just (laughs) in case. Yeah, true, yeah. The first one missed or something, like just that like margin of error. We want to be real sure <laughs> that we knock this thing off course if it's going to, I don't yeah. know, obliterate human. You're right. You're right. Yeah, life. they would. Yeah, they'd. Yeah, there'd be more of a that that margin of that buffer, the right. buffer room. Yeah, it's like let's right. just be right. super duper sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time for breaking news. The part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today, and we read them to you on the fly. Dynamos. Ready, set, go. Okay, uh, I actually have a news release from cfa.harvard.edu. CFA stands for Center for Astrophysics. So this is like a like a space news, actually. Okay. Um, astronomers have observed a black hole burping up stellar remains years after it shredded and consumed a star. Ew. <laughs> Sorry for that verbiage, but that's what they used. Uh, that's yeah, they, they keep using, calling it that in this article, but I'm just going to summarize this cause this, it's kind of like a long, but basically this black, like a star went into this black hole and that, and it got like destroyed, like sucked into it. And astronomers observed that back in 2018. And now all of a sudden, like they saw something happening in that spot again. And they like 
focused. This this wasn't even using um the new telescope. James it's like Webb, a yeah. um yeah, James Webb. It was an existing observatory. They like focused back in on it and they saw that the black hole was like spewing out pieces of the star that it had consumed. Do black and, holes get full? Well, I don't I don't know. I just assume that when something goes into a black hole, like it doesn't come out. I thought that was the whole thing. Right? Like nothing escapes a black hole. That's why it's a black hole. Light doesn't escape. Nothing can come out of it. Yeah. And that's what they're saying. It's like, I don't know. Like, I think it's coming out like the other side somehow. Like, I don't know exactly, but like they're, what? they're observing this and it just was published like that. They've not really seen this phenomenon before. So they're trying to figure out like what is happening. Because the other weird thing is that it's, like, years later. Yeah. Like, they saw the star go in, and then it was gone. Uh-huh. And now a few years passed, and now all of a sudden there's stuff coming out, which is like, whoa, what was happening between that time? That is very strange. Isn't that? Like, it just makes you question everything we know about black holes. <laughs> and I'm like, it's just making me question, now. like, existence and everything I know. And... Uh, well... The uh, details were published in a journal called the Astrophysical Journal. Uh, yeah. Um, so That's you can look that strange. up if you want to know all of the details and, you know, the astrophysics surrounding this. But, yeah, it seems like this is just a really, it's a unique phenomenon now that we don't understand that scientists just, they just observed. And now we know that this can happen. But we don't know why. <laughs> Yeah, I, so, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know. I don't know anything about astrophysics. I just, but the little th- I just, little bit that I did know, I don't think this should happen. Yeah, right, that's that's where I'm. I'm in the same boat. I was like, I thought I knew at least what a black hole did. Not really right. like what it was, really, but like what it does to things. And now I'm not even sure of that. So. I'm just questioning everything. All my space knowledge. Everything I've ever known. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is from Engadget. BMW will distract you with casual games while you charge your electric vehicle. So apparently electric BMWs have like this giant display screen in the front. I would never know this because I will never own a BMW. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like similar to the Tesla screen. Another car I will never I've probably never own. been in one yeah. during an Uber situation, but yeah, I don't but, have one. Yeah, so basically they have a big screen and BMW is teaming up with something called Air Console to deliver games to its cars starting in 2023. They keep calling them casual games, but they didn't specify like what kinds of games they would actually be other than casual, I guess. <laughs> um I guess that just means you're not going to be playing any, like, hardcore Japanese like, role-playing yeah. games on your, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on your car display screen. Um, but, yeah, so the goal of this is that you can, like, have something to do while you're waiting for your car to charge at, a sta- like, a, a okay. charging station. Or they said, like, even if you're just, like, waiting to pick somebody up at the airport, um, just, like, giving you something to do with that screen real estate. Obviously, you can't That's play them while driving. <laughs> fine, so. but also people just use their phones Right, but it's, I guess, like, it's a bigger It's a bigger screen, screen. okay. And it sounds like you use your phone as a controller for these games. Oh. Hmm. So kind of, I don't know. All right. Can't imagine there's going to be, like, a lot of reason to, like, 
it, nobody's going to be like, I'm going to go get, go out in the car and play yeah. this, play yeah. this game out here. Um, <laughs> but uh, I guess you could if you wanted to. I, yeah, you know, maybe it'll car just like leave it in the charger. But yeah, <laughs> like I'm thinking just like mobile games, like the same thing that mm-hmm. you would have, like just Angry Birds, like phone, that kind but of stuff, like bigger. But just on a bigger, screen. slightly, yeah. like not even that much bigger though. <laughs> like the screen didn't look like that a big. like a tablet kind of size. Yeah, probably, a little, yeah, about the size of a tablet probably. But anyway, anyway, there's really okay. not a lot to the story other than that they're going to do this apparently, and I guess Tesla's right. already can do this. Some Teslas can or are okay. going to be able to. Um, but yeah, I guess this is going to be a thing with electric vehicles is where you need things to do while they're charging because it's going <laughs> to. Unless you're using like one of those fast charging stations, like it's probably going to take longer than getting gas. That's a good point, and that is one downside of having electric. I would think. Yeah. But. What can you do? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, try to make it more fun. I guess. Yeah, I. I mean, I, if I had one of those vehicles, I probably would play a game. Yeah. And if I was I'll just like some waiting somewhere, car solitaire or something. <laughs> you think they'll call it car solitaire? I, if they don't, I'm going to be personally offended. <laughs> car Mario Kart. <laughs> Mario Kart. Mario Mario Kart. Mario Kart. Mario Kart. Mario Kart. Mario Kart. There we go. We got there. That that's what it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. Took us yeah. a few iterations. Yeah. But we got there. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday, and as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash knickknacknews, on Twitter at at knickknacknews, and on Instagram at knickknacknews. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.